Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, we are in episode two of our series on creating a framework of sales management, and I'm really, really excited about this. As we speak, I'm actually in my hotel having just gotten done with a client who I'm visiting to help with this exact same thing, and I get so much life out of it. You know, I think that it's just very, very easy to let sales slip to autopilot because we make sales. They trickle in. Some people have more success than others. And for that reason, we don't spend the time on it that we need to. But as the economy starts to dry up a little bit or shrink back from where it was, now more than ever, we have to learn how to play offense. Now, in today's conversation, we're going to talk specifically about how to utilize a documented sales process. This is something that not many companies have. If you were to ask most companies, what is your sales process, you would get four different answers from four different people. We want to make the shift to where every salesperson in the company understands how we make a sale, and that's going to be what today is all about. Now, to give you a little bit of an idea of our roadmap going forward, so last week we talked about starting with sales goals and putting together compensation plans. Really, that's where this thing has to start. Where do we want to go, and how are we going to pay our people to get there? After that, we move to utilizing a documented sales process. That's going to be what today's about. Next week, we'll talk about operating from a sales dashboard. The following week, coaching the right behaviors. After that, we'll talk about how to operate off of key measurements. The week after that, we'll jump into running a regular sales meeting. And finally, we'll talk about committing to sales practice. Each of these steps is so, so, so important. And I'll tell you that as you put this into place, you're going to get resistance. There's absolutely no question. And part of that reason is just fear that people have. But to be honest, many salespeople in our industry are compensated the same whether they work hard and do a good job or not. And many salespeople in our industry have never actually been held accountable to a standard of performance or of contribution. So of course, when you come in and say, yeah, we're going to put together a sales process. You know what? We're going to start operating off the sales dashboard. We're going to have sales goals and sales meetings. There's natural resistance to that because people are going, I've never had to do anything before and I've gotten paid the same thing. Why do I got all this work now? So as you listen to these episodes, know that there will be resistance. And that's why leadership is hard. It reminds me of the quote by my friend Bradley Hartman, leading change when people don't want to change is difficult. That's why leadership is hard. Leadership is a hard task, but it is a noble one. And as you graciously and persistently come alongside to show your team the way, over time, they will begin to follow you. So with that said, let's jump into this episode about utilizing a sales process. All right, so as we get started talking about utilizing a sales process, there's a few things that I want to line out first. 
The key with the sales process is to move from this is how I do it to this is how we do it. And you may fight some resistance, even in yourself, thinking this is going to make it too programmatic. My people won't have enough life if I tell them how to move from A to B with their sales. They, they want to be free-flowing. We're naturals. We're not like a corporate stuffy company. That's true that you're not like a corporate stuffy company, but I'm just going to tell you, you have to tell your team how to move from A to B with the customer because if you don't do it, people in your company will literally have no idea and some may figure it out, and but many won't. So what a sales process does, as opposed to micromanagement, a sales process paints lines on the basketball court so that your team understands what game they're playing and what is inbounds and what is out of bounds. So as an example, whenever I teach about the sales process, I, I give the example of a road trip. I live in Portland, Oregon, and let's pretend that I was going to road trip out to New York City. Well, the sales process does not get down to the level of detail of drive on this highway for three and a half hours, take this exit, and then go onto this two-lane highway for five miles, stop here for gas, get back on the road, drive 35 miles an hour until you get to this highway. Nope, 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 nope. That is, that's way too much level of detail for a sales process. Instead, what a sales process does is it says, if you're driving from Portland, Oregon to New York, you're going to head east through Oregon. Now, at that point, you're going to transition into Idaho. From here, you'll start to head southeast and you'll go through just the tip of Montana before you go into Wyoming, right? Whatever the direction is that you're going to take, the sales process is the state you should be in. Not the particular road, not the particular speed. That's where the freedom to create from within the process comes. But you have to be in the right state. Sales is a game of momentum. And what's really important in a sales process is that we need to build momentum slowly and calibrate it in the right direction. And this is really important because if we start moving too fast, too quickly, what happens is that if we are pointed in the wrong direction, we're moving too fast to slow this thing down and the sale crashes and burns. At the very least, it's made by mistake, but often there are major, major issues because we didn't get things right at the beginning. Instead, we want to play a slow is fast game where the initial steps of our sales process move slowly where we're calibrating momentum, and we are building. Momentum never slows down. It always builds, but it is intentionally built slowly at the beginning to make sure we're pointed in the right direction so that we can pick up steam as this thing moves. Now, when it comes to utilizing a sales process, I think that there are five steps to doing this. I'm going to kind of go through these real quick, and then I'm going to spend some time on each one through the rest of the episode. Step one, pick your process. Step two, document it. Step three, teach it. Step four, practice it. Step five, coach to it. If you can do those things, you pick your process, you document it, you teach it, you practice it, and you coach to it, you have a sales process. If you don't do those things, you have something that somebody thought of one time and everybody else forgot about once it was spoken. You have to have that rhythm of picking it, documenting it, teaching it, practicing it, and coaching to it. 
Okay, let's talk about picking a sales process. There are many different sales processes out there and there are many good sales processes out there. For me personally, I'm biased to the fire time sales process that we utilize. It is seven steps. And if you go back to, I believe, season two of this podcast, you can hear detailed episodes on each step in the process. But this process works for our industry. It really, really does. Step one, greet the customer. Step two, understand their problem. Step three, advise a solution. Step four, explain the process. Step five, call to action. Step six, pursue the opportunity. And step seven, show gratitude. Now, this is a sales process that has been specifically made by working within retail stores in our industry and doing in-home sales in our industry. That's where this process has come from, and it really, really works. Now, maybe you have a different process that really works for you. Maybe it's more steps, maybe it's less, maybe it has the same words or different words. That's fine. The key is that you need to pick a process and you gotta stick with it. Now, here's the reason that I really, really believe in this process. Step one, greet the customer. It's pretty self-explanatory, but very often companies don't take the time to think about how they greet the customer. As I go around the country to Secret Shop, it is incredibly rare that a salesperson greets me in a kind and generous way. Most of the time, it's somebody that's hurried or rushed that says, hey, how you doing? Or can I help answering questions for you today? That's not a greeting. So we want to have an intentional greeting. There should be things that you look for in the greeting to make a connection with your customer. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Step two, understand the problem. This language is really, really intentional. Words matter. For me personally, I don't like the words discovery. I don't like the words customer interview. I don't like the words customer education. And the reason is that those words can serve me, but not the customer, right? I can try to discover something about the customer to sell them something. I can give them a little bit of education to prove I'm the expert and then be able to sell them whatever I want. You know, for me personally, I like the word understand because people want to be understood. They really do. When we feel understood, we build trust with folks. And if we take the time to understand the customer's problem before anything else, I guarantee that we will have made a connection with that customer and there will be established trust and goodwill towards us helping them solve their problem. So that's step two in the process. Understand the customer's problem. In a little bit, when we talk about documenting this, I'll give you some tips on how to make sure this gets done every single time. But you actually want to line some of this out for your team. Okay, so step one, greet the customer. Step two, understand their problem. Step three, advise a solution. This is different than present or give a pitch or talk about our product. Advise a solution. Again, that language serves the customer. When we have taken the time to understand their problem, now I'm in a position to advise a solution. And as I document and I start to train to this, I can train my team that we do not sell products at this company. We sell solutions to our customers' problems. 
that's what we sell. Solutions, not products. Most sales reps will tell you that you sell great products that are manufactured by the best quality people from wherever they're made. That's all fine and dandy, but you don't sell products. You sell solutions to your customer's problems. And when you start to view your customer as somebody that has a problem, and rather than and rather than trying to figure out while they're talking what product you can shove down their throat, when you can change your mentality to think, how can I understand their problem better than anybody else they've talked to? What questions can I ask them to really understand their problem? When you do that, I guarantee you're going to have enough information to advise a solution that is wildly compelling to them. So that's step three, advise a solution. Now, step four, explain the process. The reason that we do this is that most customers haven't ever worked with our business before, and they may not know how we execute jobs or how to do business with us. So we need to explain the process in three simple steps. Now that we've greeted them and made an initial connection, we've taken the time to deeply understand their problem, and we've advised a solution that's perfect to it, momentum has started to build, and this is good. When we explain the process, hey, Mr. Customer, hey, Mrs. Customer, I think that this fireplace is going to be a really, really good fit for all the reasons that we just talked about. What I'd like to do next is explain how all of our jobs work. Step one, step two, step three. Explain the three steps it takes to do business with you. What you're doing is you're showing the customer exactly how to solve their problem. If they do step one, then step two, then step three, they are going to solve their problem and their life will be better. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Now we move to step five call to action. This is really intentional. Think back to sales being a game of momentum. If we've greeted the customer, made that initial connection, we've taken the time to deeply understand their problem. We've advised a solution that perfectly solves it. We've now explained if you just do this and then this and then this, these three steps, you are going to solve this problem and have a great life. It makes the most sense in the world to call them to action. And you need to have specific ways that you document. How do you do this? Well, what I love to do is to call people to action on each step of the process consecutively. First step one, then step two, then step three. Now, once we've called the customer to action, assuming that they don't buy, we go to step six, which is pursue the opportunity. We should have an intentional process to how we pursue opportunities with customers, and that's got to be documented. Finally, step seven. After the customer has purchased from us, we show gratitude. This is something that is kind, it's gracious, and amazingly, it wins referrals and future business. It's a win for you, and it's a win for the customer, and it's a win for the future people to buy from us because of it. So step seven is show gratitude. Now, I just took a few minutes to explain the seven steps in the process. Yours may be the same. Yours may be different. I would highly encourage you to adopt this process if you're not sure what to adopt. But the point is that you pick one. So pick a sales process, and then we move to documenting it. So what I would advise doing is taking these seven steps and creating a document where you write one to three paragraphs on each of the steps. What do you expect in a customer greeting? What's something that makes a connection? What's something that shuts down a connection? How do you take the time to understand a customer's problem, right? For each one of these steps in the process, you're going to need to write one to three paragraphs about it. Now, I'd recommend having lots of bullet points and tips and tricks 
to make sure that this is done the way that you want. Now, as an example here, I'm, I'm literally looking at a laminated sheet of paper that I made for one of my clients. And in the section of step one, greet the customer, we have two columns. Column one says build a connection and it has some bullet points in it. Column two says shut down a connection. So as an example, under the shut down a connection, here are the bullet points. Can I answer any questions for you? That shuts down a connection. How can I help you? Don't get me started. I hate that in a showroom. That, that shuts down a connection. What are you looking for today? That sh- those things shut down a connection. And the reason is that like, if you go walk into Target or Kroger and some random person working there goes, hey, can I point you towards anything today? Your natural instinct is, oh, no, thanks. Just looking. Hey, can I help you find anything today? Uh, no, thanks. Just looking. It's, it's our natural reaction is to shut that connection down for fear. Now, under our other box where it says build a connection, it literally says, hi, my name is. It's like when someone walks into your showroom and you see them go walk over to the wood stoves, when you walk over and go, hey, are you looking for anything in particular today? Everything in that customer wants to say no to you. But when you walk up to those customers and go, hey, how you doing? My name's Tim. Thanks a ton for coming into our showroom today. And you offer your hand to shake it. That starts to build a connection with customers. They cannot help but respond to it. Hey, how's it going? My name's Tim. Thanks a ton for coming into our showroom today. If you make that what you default to in your greeting, it's amazing what a good foot your sales start off on. Now, another part under build a connection is ask this question. Hey, is this your first time into our showroom today? It's a curious, gracious question that starts to build a connection. The point is that you've documented some things about what you expect out of each step in the process. Now, as an example, we move to step two for understanding the customer's problem. I would recommend documenting that every single customer, every single time, sits down in a dedicated part of the showroom with a salesperson so the salesperson can ask specific questions about their project so they can make sure that they understand the customer's problem. I would recommend that you have a checklist, whether it's digital or physical, maybe you use Wi-Fi or a different software, but you have some kind of pre-flight checklist that your team goes through with their customers. This is how we at our company take the time to understand the customer's problem. It can have quick tips on there. Like you could have a thing that says like, Quick tip, say something to the effect of, yeah, as you can see, we have a lot of gas fireplaces on display and not every fireplace will actually work in every home situation. So if it's okay, I'd love to sit down just for a minute or two and ask a few questions about your project just to make sure I can get on the same page and that way we can show you a fireplace that's a really good fit for your home. Does that sound okay? Document that. If there's key questions or phrases that you want your team to remember, document that as part of your sales process. You can do this all the way from your first step in the process to your last step. Now, after this, we move on to part three of utilizing a documented sales process. We have to teach it. You have to pick your process, you have to document it, and now you have to teach it. So as you work on teaching this process, this is not going to be a teach it one time and they'll always remember it. This is going to be a constantly teach it. Every single sales meeting, talk about parts of it. I would honestly recommend that once a quarter, you probably take two to four hours talking and teaching specifically about this sales process with your team in the conference room or outside the office. 
because they will forget and it will go in one ear and out the other unless they are constantly swimming in this sales process. So as an example, when we talk about teaching it, it's kind of what I'm doing right now, walking through each step, talking about exact scenarios. For example, one of the things that I love to teach is when we talk about step four of the sales process, which is explain the process where we're you know explaining to our customers, here's how to do business with us, step one, step two, step three. One of the things I love to teach my team is this. Hey guys, when you're on the showroom floor and you've just got done explaining how this fireplace can really solve their problem, what I'd recommend doing is saying something like this to the customer at that point. Hey, Mr. Customer, so it looks like this fireplace is going to be a really, really good fit based on what we just talked about. You mentioned that you have little kids at home that are starting to crawl around, and I think that the safety screen on this plus the low turndown rate is going to do a really good job making sure that your kids stay safe and don't end up hurting themselves on the fireplace. It's going to be a really, really good fit. So with that said, I'd like to explain the way that all of our jobs work just so that way you understand what comes next in the process. So step one, before you leave today, I'll write you up an estimate for this project. And that way you understand approximately what this is going to cost when it's all said and done. Now, if those numbers look good, then step two is we can send a technician out to your house to take a look at the job. And they're going to make sure that we didn't miss anything in our conversation today when they get out there and actually see it for themselves. Finally, step three, if you feel comfortable moving ahead, we'll go ahead and get that in the installation schedule. So I'll teach that to my team. Hey, when you've got customers in here, talk about this. Hey, step one, before you leave today, we're going to write you up an estimate. Plant that seed before you leave today. So you're not asking your customer if you're going to write an estimate. You're telling them before you leave today, we're going to write you up an estimate so that you understand approximately what this is going to cost. You know, you need to show your customers how this benefits them. Now, step two, what you say is, and if those numbers look good, Then step two, we'll send one of our technicians out to the house to take a look at it and just make sure there was nothing missed in our conversation today when they're actually looking at the job firsthand. Now, notice how I planted that seed. If those numbers look good, we're showing the customer that they have an out, but we're also making them put some skin in the game. They're going to actually have to tell us at the store if those numbers look good or not. If those numbers look good to them and they allow someone out to their house after staring at that price tag, this job is basically sold. And then finally, what we'll say is, and if you feel comfortable with all of that, step three, we'll go ahead and get you scheduled for an installation. So I'll teach this to the team. This is how we say it. This is why we say it. Here's the philosophy underneath what we're saying. Now, I'll also coach the team. Hey, if you're in the house, your three steps are a little bit different. You're going to say to them, step one, before I leave here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write up a final quote for this. so You understand exactly what this project cost is going to be. Now, step two, if those numbers look good, we can call the office and check our next available installation date. And then finally, step three, if you feel comfortable with all of that, we'll go ahead and get you scheduled for an install. Now, what we're doing here when we say, before I leave today, I'm going to write this up as the final quote, right? That's pretty self-explanatory. The magic's in step two. If those numbers look good, we can call the office and check the next available installation date. Well, why wouldn't we just give them the installation date when we give them the final proposal? Because sales is a game of momentum and we don't want to move too fast, too quickly. So we first want to show them the price and then ask, yeah, if this looks good, should we call the office and check our next available installation date? 
Well, this is free. So it's a step that a customer can take towards buying that doesn't cost them anything. If they say no to this, it's telling you, I'm talking to my team, it's telling you there's something wrong with your price and you better address it. There's a yellow light here that you need to figure out. But if the customer's willing to check that installation date, this job seriously has a chance of being sold. Now, there's a little bit more to it than that we can talk about in a future episode. But the point of this is that you need to teach this to your team the way that I am teaching it here on the podcast. You need to teach it to your team. Now, after that, the fourth part in utilizing a documented sales process is that your team has to practice it. So recently, I was in Kentucky after the HPB Expo working with a company out there. And we spent almost a full day on on the sales process, probably close to seven hours on it as a team. And a lot of that was practice. So we'd spent part of the time up in their training room, which was upstairs in their warehouse. And then we would go down to their showroom and we would take turns. Okay, I'm the customer. You're the salesperson. Let's work on greeting. Go. We'd go through it. We'd switch roles. We'd try it again. We'd ask the rest of the people that were watching. Hey, what did you observe that worked really well? What did you observe that didn't work very well? Hey, you did really, really good on this. Keep it up. Then we'd move on to another part of the sales process. Okay, now we're going to talk about, we've understood the customer's problem. Let's assume this is their problem. Okay, so we're looking at a gas insert as their solution. Now we're going to work on how you advise a solution when that solution is a gas insert. What stories do you tell? What things do you say? And we practice it again and again and again. There's a few stories that I teach in particular when you're selling a gas insert or a wood insert that are really, really powerful. And so I would, I would, I would train them on that. I would tell the story. And then we would practice it. Okay, you're the salesperson. I'm the customer. I want you to tell that story back to me. And we would do it again and again and again. You need to practice this with your team. What I would say about practice is that practice should be done regularly and it doesn't have to be for that long. If you can take 30 to 45 minutes a week practicing with your team, the results will be unbelievable. Even the most resistant team members to change If you make them practice, they cannot help but get better. They really can't. Make your team practice. And I would say this, as the leader, as the boss, you got to jump in the fire first. I forget where I was, but but honestly, fairly recently, I I was with a client and I was leading sales practice and I crashed and burned on my own sales process. I literally got partway through it and I just looked at the group and I said, guys, that was terrible. Give me another shot at it. So we called timeout. We reset, we did it again, and I did way better that next time. So it's okay for you not to be perfect in front of your team. I crash and burn on my own sales process at times in front of clients. That's okay. The point is that we have a process and we practice to it. And as the leader and as the boss, you got to be the first one to jump into the fire and be critiqued by your team because it will make you better and better and better. And it will allow the team to feel safe doing the same thing. Okay, so we practice this regularly. And, you know, again, in, in the coming weeks, when we, when we talk more about sales practice, you're going to actually see what this is like firsthand in a future episode. But commit to practicing this regularly. As a side note, I was talking with a friend the other day who is a sales rep for one of the premier manufacturers. And he said that he was talking to one of his clients and they couldn't believe that we recommended that they have an hour to an hour and a half meeting every week. And they said, we're never going to have time for that. Where do you find an hour and a half for that meeting? And I mean, I I don't know that that business's exact situation, but man, if if we're not going to make 
time to get better at sales, why on earth do we expect our company to grow? Like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things that should be sacrificed before we start sacrificing making our sales team better. And the way that we do that is through dedicated time to meet and to practice. Okay, so in our five steps of utilizing a documented sales process, step one, we pick our process. Step two, we document it. Step three, we teach it. Step four, we practice it. And step five, we coach to it. What I found with this is that coaching can just be little moments. It doesn't have to be sitting down for 45 minutes once a week with every one of your team members. I mean, if you can do that, that's great. But where I've found a ton of success is that when you have the common language established of the steps in the process, all of a sudden in the moment when you observe someone doing the right behaviors, you can come up to them afterwards and say, oh my gosh, Susan, you did an incredible job understanding the customer's problem. I, I, I couldn't believe how well you listened to that customer. Keep it up. You could go to another team member and say, man, Jim, you know, you did a lot of things really, really good there. I noticed though that you didn't explain the process of doing business with us and that customer, you know, they nodded and shook their head. But if you notice, they walked out the door without an estimate. I think that next time, if you explain the process of step one, step two, step three, and you make sure to say, Step one, before you leave today, I'll write you up an estimate. If you can do that next time, I think that customer's got a pretty good chance of buying from us. It gives you language to talk to your team with. This is how you start to coach. You know, very recently, me and Matt Bradley were at an event on the East Coast where we were selling Wi-Fi at it. And honestly, like time and time again, I saw Matt just do a phenomenal job getting people to answer questions about their business so he could understand their problem. You know, the temptation is when you're at a trade show and people are coming and going and they they walk into your booth and they say, hey, so tell me about this. Everything in you wants to just, okay, let me tell you about it. Well, uh, we have the software and it does this, 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 and this. And uh, it can do this, 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 and this for you. And, And Matt did such a good job of listening when people would say, hey, can you tell me about this? And he would say something to the effect of, yeah, I'd love to tell you about it. And, and actually, you know, there's a lot of things that our software does, but I, I don't want to waste your time telling you about anything that's not relevant to your business. Can you tell me a little bit about the sales process of your business? And then from there, I can show you some of our features that, that might be able to solve some of your problems. And just by having simple language like that, all of a sudden people would start sharing about their business and they talk about the difficulty of their sales process. And I just observed Matt listening and, and, and understanding all the problems that they had. And then when it came time to advise a solution, he knew what to talk about and he'd made the connection because he took the time to understand. The point of all that is that I was able to go up to him and say, Matt, like you're doing a phenomenal job taking the time to understand their problem. If, if you keep doing that, I think your sales success is going to be huge. And literally, like we're having this conversation as we were driving, Matt just looked at me and he's like, you know, I was a, I was a school teacher for a decade and I don't know any other way to do it. Like I, I always thought before sales was like a slimy, manipulative thing. But when I realized it's just talking to people about the problems they have and trying to figure out, do we have a good solution for it? And if we do, I got to tell them about that solution. I don't know how else you could do this. You know, it, it comes down to having that common language. If we don't have a common language to use with our team members, we can't possibly coach them. So those are the five things. If you want to utilize a documented sales process, step one, pick your process. Step two, document it. Step three, teach it. 
Step four, practice it. And step five, coach to it. Now, listening to this, the temptation might be, huh, easy for you to say, where do you get the time to do this? I mean, all I can say to that is, if you are happy with the results that you are getting, perfect. Don't change anything. Don't take the time to do this. If you feel great about where your team is and you're happy with their performance, their effort, and their output, great. Go find something else to do with your time. But I have a feeling that you know things could be better. And if we want things to be better with our sales process, it takes a time investment. There's no way around it. I mean, you know, it goes back to like having a good marriage or, or getting good at running or playing basketball. Like you got to put the time in, you know, you, you, you got to put the wood into the stove before you get the heat out. I've had bosses that expect the heat right away without putting any wood in. And that's not the way that life works. If you want to grow your sales team and get results, you have to make this investment in them of time. But here's the good news is that most companies aren't willing to do this. So if you can take the time to do it, not only will your results be better, your company is going to be more attractive to work for. I guarantee it. I've seen many people walk into a sales process like this and grow as they're invested in and they're nurtured and they come out the other side as a sales professional that is ready to contribute. So the steps are easy to say. They're simple to understand, but they're hard to execute. My hope for you is that as you listen to this today, it it spurred you on to say, hey, it's the middle of April. I've got a little bit more time on my hands. I got to take the next three months and build this out because long-term, this is the only way we're going to grow. Not many people are willing to do this, but if you can execute these five steps, pick your process, document it, teach it, practice it, and coach to it, you can utilize a documented sales process in your business. Well, I hope you guys got a ton of value out of that episode. I absolutely love this series. I think that the idea of moving from playing defense to playing offense with our sales is really, really timely. And and I just, I get so much joy out of helping companies do this. I, I hope that you've been able to take something away. You know, as we round out, like I said at the end, most companies are too busy for this. I mean, I've had companies tell me to my face, this is the wrong way to approach sales. It's too regimented. It makes people a robot. And instead, we just need people to go sit by Bob and eventually they'll get the hang of it. You know, and, and I don't know what to say in that situation. I, I, I don't know what to say, but I, I think that if you have someone who wants to learn how to play basketball and you have them sit next to LeBron James every day for three weeks, I think they're going to see some cool things, but I don't think it will make them a better basketball player. They got to get on the court, they got to practice, and they need a coach. That's the way that they get better. So just know that this is an uphill battle. This is work that many people aren't willing to do. So if you can do it, I mean, honestly, your your team is going to win. I've talked about this the last couple of episodes, but one thing that, that we are working on at Wi-Fire to help companies with this is we have a program that is called our Sales Accelerator Program. Now, it is a paid service for existing Wi-Fi partners, but we're offering it for free for 30 days to anybody who wants to be 
a part of it. And truly, if you sign up for this thing, you can do it free for 30 days. You can rip off everything that's in it and do it yourself if you think you're able to. That's totally fine. What we're trying to do is bring more people into the fold to show them how a series of sales management can work. And basically what it is, it's a weekly and a monthly rhythm. So when you sign up for the Sales Accelerator every Monday, we will email your team a 10-ish minute video on sales training to help inspire them and motivate them for their job that week. Every Wednesday, we email them and we remind them to follow up with four customers. Every Friday, we email your team a link to fill out a really simple weekly progress report that documents some basic things they did that week to move the needle, and that report goes straight to you. So the only thing that you need to manage with your team is make them fill out that report. We'll talk about this in a future episode. The weekly report, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. That report will tell you what they've been doing. You can celebrate their wins and it will show you how you can come alongside and coach them. So every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, we do that for your team. In addition, once a month, we host a 60-minute live Zoom sales training call where I go through training, I answer questions, I address pushback and anything like that with the team members on the call. We've been seeing a ton of traction from these calls and it's 100% free for your team. So if you want to sign up for this, even for 30 days, just to see, hey, I want to see what they're doing because maybe I want to stick with it and maybe I just want to take this stuff for myself. That's great. You can go to whyfire.com slash sales. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com slash sales. We believe that now more than ever, We need to have simple ways of managing our sales team so that we can start to play offense. And this was our attempt to do that for all of you. Now, as we go forward, like I mentioned, next week's episode is going to be all about operating from a sales dashboard. I'm going to dive really, really deep on this. This is something that is difficult to implement, but the juice is worth the squeeze. We need to be operating out of a dashboard, intentionally working through our book of business if we want to take sales seriously, and that's what next week is all about. Now, as we close out, if today's podcast episode was a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's fire time. And seriously, I've said this before, but we are so thankful to every single one of you that contributes monthly to support this podcast. We truly operate off a shoestring budget. And I mean, every dollar helps us with equipment and with administrative costs to make sure that podcasts get edited, that we are able to take the time to book the guests that we need. And my hope is that the quality of the content in the podcast keeps getting better and better. So thank you to every single one of you that is helping us. And if you're not able to, that's totally fine. Just just you listening and sharing the podcast is an amazing blessing as well. Okay, so the takeaway from today, as you go out, take the time this week to pick your sales process and document it. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, you probably need to spend four to five hours out of the office, but pick your process and document it. From there, you can work on those next steps of teaching, practicing, and coaching. But you've got your mission. You know that next week we're moving on to the next step, which is going through the basics of a sales dashboard. So let's get to work. I'm super excited about this series, and I will talk to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. 
Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn in 